Fight Podcast, hosted by Sergio Vicente. The Fight Podcast is brought to you by Sage Eats. Sage Eats is a Chicago-based healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring company. They deliver healthy, organic, custom meals directly to your home or office. For those of you not in Chicago, Sage Eats also offers online fitness mentoring where your personal fitness mentor will send you four weeks worth of workouts that are customized to your body and your goals. Your mentor is available seven days a week to answer questions and offer support. Sign up for Sage Eats at W www.sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off your first three months. Now here's your host of the FIGHT podcast, Sergio Vicente. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to episode 125 of the Fight Podcast. I, as always, am your host, Serge Vicente, and as promised, I am back with some more heat for you guys today. So, check it out. As promised, I have our weekly boxing episode with my boy, Brandon B-Cam Camille, coming on the show to go ahead and break down all of, not granted, it is a little bit of a slow week in terms of uh, boxing, but look, we have some great things to talk about. We're going to talk about the Garcia versus Garcia matchup coming up. A little bit of Tyson Fury. Where does he actually stack up now that we've actually seen him? We also get into a little bit of a back and forth when we talk about what was the better matchup, what means more, Errol Spence for Sean Porter, or is it going to be Manny Pacquiao versus Keith Thurman? So we talk about those things, we talk about hip-hop, we talk about news, we talk about Juneteenth, and so much more. So without further ado, here is my conversation with B-Cam. On episode 125 of the Fight Podcast. Yo. What is good? Brandon, bruh. Man, you thank doing? you as always for joining me on the show, man. I appreciate you joining me on a lovely Thursday evening. Yeah, man, you've been moving this week. I, I thought you forgot about me. You recorded like 15 shows. <laughs> hey, man. I'm we, like, damn, I, I thought we was doing this like Akin Barak. <laughs> hey, we, we we are. We are, man. Hey, look, yeah. we, we just out here, you know, we, we got to expand, my guy. For y'all that don't know, Sergio has been out here grinding, doing interview to interview, <laughs> popping up on other shows. He's really doing some amazing shit. And uh, we got a lot of good stuff in store for you guys. So uh, man, keep I in tune. It, man. I, I do appreciate you, man. Um, yo, man. Um, yeah. For for those who don't know, um, I was on the Ben Jaworski show, which is a political podcast here in Chicago. It's um it's a Chicago Sun Times, which is obviously one of the bigger publications in the country. Uh, Chicago Sun Times and Chicago Reader. Uh, it's one of their shows. I uh, had the opportunity to come on there, talk about a little combat sports, talk about a little politics. You know what I'm saying? Hurt some people's feelings, but you know it's all to the good. Sergio does not like Joe Biden, boy. <laughs> hey, man. He is not fucking with Biden. Yo, man, dude is trash, super trash. Uh, but look, if you guys uh, want to hear that episode, man, check it out. It is actually in my personal bio um, at Serge Vicente. I was able to go out there and um, 
And, you know, it, it was a good time, man. Uh, B, man, what'd you think, man? I, you, I know you listened to it, bro. Oh, yeah, it was real, real solid. I, I liked it. I liked the diversity of thought in the room because though everyone seemed to be on the Democrat side, obviously you are the anti-Joe Joe Biden and not everyone <laughs> in the room felt like that. So I think it was a good uh, conversation, nice diversity of thought. I personally really enjoyed it. I'm not the biggest political guy that you'll meet, but, um, you know, it's it's always an interesting realm for me. And it's not like... I, I'm not interested in it. It's just not my thing, man. And you know what? Here's the thing. I, I realize um, for a lot of people, it's not their thing. You know what I'm saying? But and I'm going to be very honest, man. I really started paying attention to politics and I hate to even sound like this, man, but it's it's been about three solid years. I was like the most of us, man. Yo, when Obama was in office, it, it, it everything was Gucci. I was good. You know, I didn't really care as much. Um, but I felt a certain way when, uh, you know, when the orange in chief was able to go out there and, you know, and, and he got in and, um, when comrade in chief got in office, bro, I, I didn't know how I felt about that. So I felt as if I had to really sit down and start paying attention. And when I started doing that, I started making a point to going back and actually I doing a lot of reading on, the black and brown struggle what we've been through the policies that have been put into place to really put us down and it, it made me more and more interested in, in what i really want to do and honestly this podcast itself is something that is a part of that mindset was i want to be able to speak bring truth to power you know what i mean and um and for me that was a big part of it um but honestly, man, dude, I love politics now. I'm one of those weirdos. We out here reading the New York Times and shit first thing in the a.m. watching, you know, uh, the Young Turks. It's a good time, man. It's a good time. And if I can help educate anyone in in, in that capacity as well, dude, I'm, I love it, man. I'm happy that I'm able to do so. Yeah. Speaking of you getting into politics, uh, going back a few years before that, back to 08 when Obama won. Hey, bro, you, I you, just... you, you, you quiet, man. I can't hear you. You went silent on me. You can't hear? Now I can hear you still. Um. Hmm. Nah. <laughs> uh, I mean, where'd I, you go? Hold on. Can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you just fine, and I hear myself in my mic in my headphones. All right, I'm. I'm a. Say it again. Yep. There you go. Can you hear me? I hear you now. There it is. We're gonna All keep right. that rocking, just cause you know why not. Yeah, I mean, ain't no, ain't nobody perfect, ain't nobody perfect. Um, but what I was saying is, I, I just got caught in a random thought yes, yesterday about uh, back in '08 when Obama won, and it's crazy. You know, I'm old enough now to appreciate um, the moment, but you know, at the time I was just eight, freshly 18 years old, and I was a freshman at Florida Agricultural and Mechanical University. Most people know it as FAMU, yeah. uh, a very famous historically black college down there in Tallahassee, Florida. But being in an environment like that, when the first Bro, you was out there going to school in Wakanda, bruh, being in an environment like that when Obama got elected was crazy. There's this uh, place on on campus called the Set, and it's kind of, it's kind of like the climax of the entire campus, um, and where everybody sort of congregates. And they had big white screens out there showing uh, projecting CNN. Obviously, you know we're known for our band. The band was out there, just like probably playing "My President Is Black" on repeat because the song yeah. was already already out by. Uh, hey, that so song just, was fire too, bruh. They fire. were they were just playing a song back to back to back and then obama won and i get goosebumps talking about it but it was just the moment being there the celebration 
it was almost too much hey, for hey, an eighteen year old. Hey, can to I really tell you something? I was yeah. here. I was here in Grant Park. I was at the park when Ooh. he had his. I was here. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, dude. The dude. When you said it, bro, for real, like straight chills thinking about it. Yeah, I was there, bro. Just I, being eighteen, I appreciated it, and I was living in the moment. But looking back, I'm just like. I don't even think it was possible for me to appreciate what I was a part of at such a young age. And that's something I'll tell my kids about. Yeah. I, I feel like, you know, do you know what's crazy right there? Damn near changed my life. So I was listening to David West, who is a, uh, you know, played on the uh, on the Golden State Warriors. He's a great basketball player. Dude was an absolute monster. Um, I used to think Buddy was a goon because that was his persona on the court. My man's was a goon. Um, super physical, you know, power forward center type. And um, and he actually is a huge progressive. And he was actually doing a Juneteenth special yesterday on the Young Turks. Um, for those who do not know what Juneteenth is, I need you to go and do some research. Um, yesterday was Juneteenth. And at the end of the day, I'm, I've, I've spoken about it. it. It is the actual day when the... Union soldiers came down two and a half years later to Texas and who were the, the for all the way to Texas specifically, but all the way down south. And they went out there and said, hey, you guys need to stop holding slaves. They are free. They've been free for two and a half years. Y'all lost. And um, and that day when in America, we are mostly free. Um that day became Juneteenth, and it is a um, a day that I feel like it is a travesty that we do not celebrate enough, we do not know enough about. Um, but that was yesterday. They had a special on the Young Turks, and David West was on there. One thing David West is talking about, he says his son is eight years old. He says his son has never known anything but a black president in his lifetime. When he said that, it like blew my mind for a second. He said he literally, when they were all sitting there, it was some kids party. Him and all his little buddies are hanging out there and they watch Trump win. And all these seven-year-olds looked at the screen and literally hit them with a Riley Freeman. Boo! You suck. They literally started booing, buddy, because all they've known is a black president. And one thing he also said, which I found to be so interesting, he says he looks at his eight-year-old and he was like, why is this kid so confident? And he looked at all the other little black kids in the area. He's like, yo, all these little black kids are crazy confident. Why is that? Because when you actually think about it, they do not know of a world when they can't, they literally can't do anything. Like, they can do anything, should I say. There's nothing that they cannot do in their minds. Now, granted, they're getting older. Now they're starting to see little things and things like that. But think about the power in that. That little kids growing up truly look at it and say, and think about this. I haven't even thought about it in this capacity. Even little white kids, they look at b- black kids running around. They're like, man, that he can be anything. They're not going to have the same... Let's hope they wouldn't have the same type of stigma. But obviously, life kicks your ass and things can even go on. But it, it was really interesting to see that. 
Yeah, I was de- just about to get into my happy belated Juneteenth spiel. Um, it it is uh, June twentieth when Serge and I are recording this, so it's the day hey, after my Juneteenth. brother. Happy Juneteenth, though. Happy Juneteenth to yes, you sir. as well. Yes, sir. Um, in a month where we see um, organizations harassing people of the LGBTQI community um harassing is almost the word funny um there it it almost seemed seemed like from a corporate level juneteenth passed without a sound and um I, i know that bothered me and it definitely bothered a lot of people google caught a lot of flack yesterday oh i was hot i was hot on google oh i went on google specifically to see it and it wasn't there did you fire him up on twitter you know what i didn't because i was i had 37 interviews yesterday okay (laughs) i I didn't follow fire google up on twitter i I definitely i'm not gonna say who i work for we fuck around and get sued (laughs) but but i work for it and i've probably said it before but i work for an extremely progressive company um I definitely tweeted at them and they, they tweet about everything. So they turn up for Pride Month, all of that. Um, super, super progressive. And all in their social media accounts, they have about three or four of them for different purposes. The regular one, behind the scenes one, the life one, the culture one, like literally like they're yeah. big, huge on social media. They're industry leaders in terms of um, what they do. And so we have a, a group at my job. There's, they have the company messengers called Slack and they have what are called Slack channels. And those are basically the groups based around different topics. And so there's a polka group. It's a uh, it, it's basically like a, a people of color group, but it's really gentrified. Fair. It's like when you, you said know. polka. I'm like, y'all out here doing like polka music. <laughs> what kind yeah, of group is polka. that? <laughs> it's, it's an acronym for people of color and whatever, basically all the protected groups. And so, but it's a super gentrified group. Like it's, it's white people in there. It'd be like when it, when they say people of color, they really mean people of color, like of all colors, Spanish, yeah. Asian, wh- whatever you may be. And so I looked in the group. I don't check it super often because it's super gentrified, but I was like, <laughs> um, someone had posted about Juneteenth, like happy Juneteenth. And I went in there at the end of the day, I was like, we're pretty active on social media. Where were our Juneteenth posts? And um, as a result of that, I have a, a meeting with the VP of marketing next month uh, who, wants to talk, who wants to talk a little bit more about some of my feedback and how they can do better in the future, which is, which is nice. That's amazing. That, yeah. I mean, she was definitely very open to it. Um, I should have fired up your company, too. <laughs> nah, I mean, she, she was she was definitely very open to it. One thing I do enjoy about my company is that companies I've worked for in the past, when someone has a difference in opinion, the first thing that the opposing party wants to do is defend their stance. Yes. Uh, I feel as though and it's not everybody, but I do work at an organization where someone's more likely to hear you out and try to understand you before they try to debate you, which is really nice. So, so yeah, we're uh, one of the VPs of marketing. We're going to connect um, in July to speak a little bit more about how we can do better um, in that stance. However, you know, for the corporations, for the companies, for, you know, the uh, uh, the workers that are listening, one thing that has bothered me about corporations and, and, and Pride Month has really brought, um, brought it to the forefront. It really brought it to my attention of organizations wanting to show it, but not as much be about it. And so everybody wants to show off this type of stuff. We're pride friendly, we're um, progressive, we're diverse. But like, how do your employees feel 
on a day to day basis? Are you focused on showing it or are you focused on creating an environment for um, for diversity and for uh, a diversity of thought and for literally diversity? So, um, yeah, that's one thing that's been on my mind this month. But I digress happy juneteenth happy juneteenth nah man it's dope um i'm glad we're able to talk about it but yeah i think we had this whole long start that we essentially had but yeah i i did a political show i actually um am a monthly contributor to that show so you will probably hear more about politics and look let's let's keep it a buck this is a combat sports and culture podcast um I want to be able to bring all aspects of culture out and obviously politics and speaking of things like Juneteenth is something. So B, I appreciate you being able to rap about that with me, man. That's what's up. Yes, sir. What we got in docket today? Yo, so check it out, man. There it's, it's a light week, man. It's a little bit of a light week, but there has been, there have been some fight announcements. Um, and you and I, and here's the thing. I want to start with this before we get into the fights that are upcoming. I want to get into the meat of it. And what I want to start off with is you and I have spirited debates <laughs> through IG <laughs> that that the world wishes they could be privy to. Seriously. So we went back and forth about something and I want to bring this up and I want to I, again, we, we, we didn't finish the discussion because I wanted to uh, jump into it. But as we all know, coming up very soon uh, for the WBA title, Keith Thurman, one time Thurman, 29 and 0, 22 KOs is fighting the Pac-Man Manny Pacquiao. And a lot of us are excited about this fight. A lot of people are super excited about this fight. Um, but at the same breath, we have Errol Spence Jr. just got announced. Um, he is going to go fight against um, the Sean Porter. Uh, it's not re- re-announced. Re-announced, yes. And, uh, so I, did, did you peep what happened there? I, I have my own theory oh, yeah. about wait, what wait, I hold, think hold happened up, there. Based hold, on- hold, hold on for one second, though. Real quick, Errol Spence the IBF champion, um, the consensus best. Um, ESPN currently has him ranked. ESPN and Ring Magazine currently have him ranked as the top welterweight in the world. Um, and uh, Sean Porter is the WBC uh, champion. So this well, the belts ESPN are on the line. Has, ESPN has uh, Errol Spence ranked as they, the number one welterweight? They do. Uh, wow. Wow. Yes. Wow. Yeah, it's especially when for those of us who do not know, Terrence Crawford is a ESPN guy. He is a top rank fighter. And the fact that they actually have Errol Spence, who is a showtime guy, over him, it, it surprised me too. Don't get it twisted. But I want to just let people know that's with the belt that those are the two belts that are on the line in this fight. So it's a big deal. But what were you gonna say, man? Um what I was going to say is uh, I was re- referring more so to the uh, Errol Spence fight, which was initially supposed to be August 3rd, I believe. That in, I it guess it got pushed. Yeah, I, I think it got pushed out into the fall. I think there may have been something going on in the PBC side along with it with Errol Spence. Um, if you follow boxing, we saw Keith Thurman return earlier this year and and. Okay, he it was a decent performance outside of him getting rocked. I believe in what was the seventh round um, against the Riverside Rocky Josecito Lopez. Now, in his second fight back off of a two-year layoff, he gets a huge step-up fight, a huge money fight against Manny Pac-Man Pacquiao. Now, automatically, that fight goes to pay-per-view. 
whatever. Um, Pacquiao is a pay-per-view draw. If you want to put his fights on pay-per-view, even at this point in his career, I'm okay with it. I'm not going to say it's my understanding. It seems as though the Errol Spence fight, I don't know, it may have been announced maybe before that Pacquiao fight for August 3rd, but that was going to be on regular TV. And I think there was some type of feeling as, uh, as though, hey, how does Keith Thurman go completely ghost for two years, come back, get a layup, and then he gets, a now he's getting paper, paper, pay-per-view money, whereas I've been working. I just had a relatively successful pay-per-view in my hometown. Now you're going to put me in a title unification bout, and I'm on regular TV, but you have Keith Thurman over here getting pay-per-view money. And they're under the same promoter. This may have gone a bit differently if they were all under a different banner, but all of these guys are under the PBC banner. Right. So I can understand it. I I feel Errol Spence. I, I feel it. Like, I can feel where he's coming from. While I can understand the business perspective of why one fight was on pay-per-view and why one fight may have not been initially, um, I, I, I feel Errol Spence here, and I can't fault him. Look, man, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, you already know how I feel. And the way I feel about it, the fact that this fight with Keith Thurman and Manny Pacquiao is is pay-per-view, I think, is utterly ridiculous. Manny Pacquiao is 87 years old. He's been fighting since the 40s. I'm tired of him. He, ha- I mean, yes, he's beaten recently Adrian Bronner, who threw a combined 12 punches in the entire fight. It was six, man. You, oh, you're right. You're right. That's it, six. You know what I'm saying? Like, he didn't even get a punch off a round. Um, and then um, he fought, what's his name? Um, and he looked good against. Um, uh, Matisse. Matisse, who we all look, we looked at and we actually said it on the show, didn't show up. I mean, so Matisse was like washed went, at that point. Exactly. And he looked like it. He looked washed and he looked like it just, he was just there for a payday. So the fact that this fight, they're going to end up charging people, what, 70 bucks, 69.99 for a pay-per-view for somebody who we haven't seen in the last time we saw him, didn't look great, didn't look great at all against somebody. And not only has he not looked great, he's, again, I... I don't think he's fought the best in his division. Maybe in the past he did, but again, out of sight, out of mind. I, I can't I can't get on your bandwagon if you're not being active and actively competing. So I thought that was ridiculous. Why would they have that fight, especially if we're looking at it? Okay, what's the best fight for you and for boxing? And this is more so the conversation that you or I were having. What is a more important fight? What is a bigger fight? Is the fight between Manny Pacquiao and Keith Thurman a bigger fight? Or is the fight with Errol Spence and Sean Porter a bigger fight? I think it's the Errol Spence-Sean Porter fight. You said it yourself. Errol Spence, somebody who has been out there doing work. Kell Brook went, went to London, beat his ass. Mikey Garcia, undefeated. Everybody had Mikey going out there doing, beat his ass. And now he's about to go out there and fight another top-ranked opponent, and he's going to beat his ass too. This is somebody, when I'm looking at this fight, Errol Spence is one of the best fighters in the game. 
he is one of if and if you according to ESPN, he is the best it this weight class, which a lot of us consider, and you and I have debated this many times. He is possibly the number one pound for pound fighter in the world. It is legitimately arguable that he's the best fighter in the world today. And the fact that you are trying to give Keith Thurman and Manny Pacquiao pay-per-view points and everything over Errol Spence. And honestly, you know, I'm going to show some love to Sean Porter. Sean Porter's been in there with everybody. Sean Porter really doesn't duck fighters. He's tough. He's durable. And you know what? He's actually really, really good on Fox. As an analyst, he he's really good. He comes off as a cornball from time to time. I'm not going to stunt, but all in all, I think he's he does a great job at that. I think it's utterly ridiculous that people will think that like I don't even give a shit about this Keith Thurman Manny Pacquiao fight. It's not even it's not even remotely entertaining to me. It's to me it's two washed dudes going at it, and I and I can care less when I have another fight with two legitimate champions who have been going in here fighting the best of the best, and that's what I want to see. Even though we both can agree, we everyone thinks Errol Spence is gonna wash him. Look, at the end of the day, Sean Porter's a bad motherfucker, and we have to acknowledge that. So. As I've told you time and time again, one of the reasons that I love boxing is because of the storylines. And I think we probably have the same fighters picked for both fights. Yep. I have Pacquiao over Thurman. Yep. And I have Spence over Porter. Yep. Now, if you're going to put your money somewhere, again, we probably both agree that we're going to put it on Errol Spence. Yeah. Oh, and my money, yeah. Who's going? But I'm talking about if I'm going to go for like the underdog pick, yeah, I'd go with Thurman. Like if I'm going for an underdog pick. Exactly. Though. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's the more competitive fight. It, the safest money is on Errol Spence. Errol Spence, while it may be an exciting fight, Sean Porter, um, he can smother his offense, but when he's in there against top level opposition, they're usually exciting fights. No one expects Sean Porter to beat Errol Spence. It just is what it is. Errol Spence is on another level. That's what we expect. I mean, we know it's boxing. Yeah. One punch can change it all. We're still on the heels of Ruiz, but we expect Spence to win. Now, Manny Pacquiao, a proven pay-per-view draw over time, is actually in a more competitive fight. I think he's going to win, but it wouldn't be the biggest upset ever. If Thurman won, I, but, I mean, but here's the that, thing though, he, he's who cares? Then that's what I'm he, getting at. It, he, it, he, let's say all, if if Thurman if Keith Thurman wins, we're all gonna say the pundits and everybody the next day is gonna be like Keith Thurman being old, washed, forty plus year old Manny Pacquiao. Who cares? He ain't trying to have no smoke with nobody real. And that's my issue with Keith Thurman. And again, what's more compelling to me is actually watching fights that matter. This fight with Keith Thurman and Manny Pacquiao doesn't matter. It the, doesn't. Idea, the idea of Manny Pacquiao losing to Keith Thurman is way more of a compelling idea than Spence easily winning over Porter. I don't agree. You can, and if we're talking, okay, let's let's talk. I mean, business-wise, Manny Pacquiao is, is, is amazing. But we also and, and look at his... You not consider but, the business aspect but, of Manny but, Pacquiao okay. being a draw. But his numbers and we've noticed even though he's fought okay he he only sold 400,000 pay-per-view buys with Adrian Broner who brings a huge fan base in his own right you know what I'm saying what'd you say 
The hood and them. You know what I'm saying? The hood and them. But for real though, he been that's all they could muster. Four hundred thousand pay-per-view buys is not impressive. So if that's all he could muster with somebody who is actually another legitimate pay-per-view buy or pay-per-view draw, no one's going to give a shit about Keith Thurman. Especially, again, Keith Thurman is somebody whom we haven't seen in forever. The last time we saw him, he didn't look great. And everyone now, again, the narrative of Keith Thurman, we're talking about storylines. The storyline of Keith Thurman is he's dodging the best of the best. And when we look at that and we're looking at it in that capacity... This fight isn't going to get any more than 300,000 pay-per-view buys, and that is garbage. And you know what that tells me? That means don't nobody give a shit. That means he has the, the Philippines, and he got the hood in them, and that's about it. This, is, this fight is going to be a flop. No one's going to care. And not only is nobody going to care, the fight that people are going to care about, you can sell. Again, business-wise, I can sell um, champion versus champion. I can sell that. I can sell somebody who speaks well going out there against the best guy in the world. We can sell that. That fight crushes um, Keith Thurman and Manny Pacquiao. I think it's much easier to sell Pacquiao's name than it is a unification. Pacquiao, remember how long he's been? He was with Nike. I mean, he has a huge name and a huge following. And I also think you're downplaying what 400,000 buys is in 2019. It's not impressive. When's, when is the last time that a boxing pay-per-view did more than 400,000 buys? I mean, look, if we're talking Manny Pacquiao, Wait, hold on, Manny hold on. Pacquiao, somebody who ends up getting, he's gotten before in his career, he's gotten up to 3 million pay-per-view buys. And before he t- before he got knocked out, before all these things, he's gotten older when he lost to the, the Australian dude and shit like that. He would, I mean, he was still getting huge pay-per-view numbers. The fact that he only was able to muster 400,000 pay-per-view buys, that's not impressive. The only pay-per-view fight that sold any type of notable numbers recently is Canelo Triple G. Outside of that pay-per-view, especially for boxing, it isn't doing all that well. So 400,000 buys isn't terrible. And yes, in a different environment, in a different time, Manny Pacquiao did maybe something like 3 million or whatever he did with Mayweather. However, one, Mayweather was on the other side of that, and it was a different environment. Now we have the ESPN Pluses. Now we have the DAZONs, who's promoting an anti-pay-per-view structure. So in 2019, pay-per-view just isn't doing as well. Most We've said multiple times that the pay-per-view model is dead. So how exactly. can you go? How can you go back and and discount the fact that he did four hundred thousand buys? Because when pay per view is dead, and that's exactly what it is. Because pay per view is dead. Four hundred thousand, dude. Four hundred thousand buys is garbage. That means you've lost money. That is not good. You do you not break. E- you do 000. not. You do not break even unless you get five hundred thousand pay per view buys. Five hundred thousand is the number, bro. That's the number where you're making money. That's when you can say, okay, I'm okay. But if you only hit 400,000 pay-per-view buys, that is not good. That is not good at all. Especially for a name like Manny Pacquiao. I, I, I didn't think 400,000 was a bad number. That I don't terrible. know the break-even break, break even amount. It's a terrible, fam. My understanding is 400,000. 300,000 isn't a bad number a lot of times. terrible. Terrence Crawford, what was he, under 200,000? Or did they even release that? I don't know if they released him or not, honestly. And I'm not going to lie to you guys. I haven't looked. Um, so I can't speak on which I didn't check out. But And I mean, I so know, but just, again, just and, taking a look at that, Terrence um, Crawford and Amir Khan was on pay-per-view. 
Okay, and and again, like we've said it before. Again, I've said it before. The pay per view model is dead. No one gives a shit about pay per view anymore. So and that's what I'm saying. Even if they get three hundred thousand buys, which I think is the most that they get, that's at best, at very best. Because I'm gonna be honest with you, that's at very best. I would not be surprised if they only get one hundred fifty thousand. It wouldn't shock me in the least because everything you just said, everybody's going to look at it and be like, yo, why am I going to sit here and pay money when I watch Canelo and Anthony Joshua fight for free, like for five bucks a month or whatever that is? Dude, no one's going to pay attention to this fight. And that's the thing. If they make this Errol Spence, uh, Sean Porter fight on free TV, yo, that gets They're crazy. not. That's, that's pay-per-view. They, 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 they bumped it up? I'm Still, pretty sure it's pay-per-view. I, I'll be honest with you. I hope. They did. They put that on TV. Nah. I hope nope. that they put that. Nope. I'm just saying, if they do, I hope they do because they will get crazy numbers. They will get three million people viewing that if they do it on regular TV. They built out that Pacquiao card pretty decent. Um, I mean, if any fight's going to be on pay-per-view in 2019 in boxing, then I'm not mad at Pacquiao headlining it. Um, the paper, We both agree that the pay-per-view model is dead, but that's not what this conversation is about. The if the paper, the fact of the matter is the pay-per-view model, they, they still put on pay-per-views. So if they're still going to put on pay-per-views, then I can understand why this is a fight deserving of pay-per-views. When you have guys like Canelo, Triple G, Joshua, when those guys are already signed with a, a DAZN, there's not many pay-per-view fighters left. You got you have these guys. Okay, you have so Spence, let me have, let me ask you this. You have Crawford and you have Wilder. Let me ask you this. I, I, out of the fights, out of these two fights, and we'll move on to the next topic after this. After, out of these two fights, which fight are you more interested in? The Pacquiao fight, dude. I, I'm, the I'm Pacquiao a, fight because I don't. I don't. It's more competitive. I'm gonna keep it a buck. I, man, I don't even care to watch this fight. I, I'm kidding. You know, I'm be honest with you. I haven't watched like Manny Pacquiao's last four fights because he hasn't been that interesting to me. He looked trash until he actually fought some people that were actually even more trash than him. Like I have, dude, Manny Pacquiao was washed. And the fact that ESPN currently has him ranked the number three welterweight in the world is ridiculous. Yo, I understand name recognition, but yo, Manny don't got it like that no more. What do you mean? I mean, yes, he's probably lost a little bit of speed. He took a bad decision to, to Jeff Horn, but he hasn't stopped winning outside of that. Nah, I'm not. I'm not like, impressed. They, they brand him as being. They brand him, and they will continue to brand him as being washed because they have. Who's to bring branding him, down. him as washed? Except for they me, have, no one's branding have, him as washed. Look, listen, that's the storyline, though. Can Keith Thurman take advantage of an older Manny Pacquiao? That's so not saying he's make, washed. That's just saying make, he's older. But that's older, the, just that's a reality. That 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 that's a reality. Yo, I Father mean, what, Time comes to Father Time comes and gets us all. Is he going to have the opportunity to beat an older Pacquiao? Did Manny Pacquiao take a step? That's still giving Manny props. That's still showing like, yo, can he beat? Even though Manny's older, can does he have enough to beat Man, the great Manny Pacquiao? That's well, not that's, that's not throwing saying, sh- that's not throwing shade story, at Pacquiao. The storyline is that's giving love to Pacquiao. Thurman beat a guy who's taken a step back. So that's, that's they're how even, they're branding it. I, I look, but again, that's still giving Manny Pacquiao. That's like, this dude is so great. Even though he's older, can you can you get him? But you still might not be able to because he's still older. Like, so I don't see him. I don't, I, but I don't see that being them saying he's washed. I'm saying he's washed. 
how is that if they're saying he's lost a step then what are you they dude the fact that he's rate the number three welterweight in the world right now proves that people do not believe he's washed but i mean who i'm are you saying he's washed who, who deserves to be ranked above him that's not right now sean yeah. porter deserves to be ranked above him danny garcia deserves to be ranked above him Keith two guys Thur- that i think keith, pacquiao beats right now keith thurman deserves at this point in time deserves to be right ra- oh no maybe not keith thurman because he took two years off he took two years off too um far, far. um mikey garcia if we still had him at welterweight ranked at welterweight he should be ranked above him one fight in which he lost well, come on come on now i i still nah. think pacquiao can probably probably not definitely he, he does beat not sean, he does sean not, porter and Dan- danny garcia he doesn't beat either of them he does not beat either of them. Da- uh, Mikey Garcia, you, pe- people look at Danny Garcia like he's a scrub. Danny Garcia is no, damn good. I, I, we both are Danny Garcia fans. Danny Garcia, I, honestly, I think Danny Garcia ends up would knock out Manny Pacquiao. And the reason I think Danny Garcia knocks out Manny Pacquiao is because Manny Pacquiao is willing to take risks. And if you're somebody who is willing to take risks with Danny Garcia, you get caught. So, well, so that's man. why I think that fight, that is a bad fight for Manny. And that is the reason Manny did not take that fight because that fight was offered to Manny. He ended up taking the passive least resistance. And in his opinion, it was Keith Thurman. Keith Thurman, he also could have felt like that was the biggest money fight at the time. I, I think you have a point there. I mean, I'm not going to say, you know, Pacquiao definitely beats Garcia or I, I think he wins. But I mean... I could easily see Garcia knocking him out because of what you said. Pacquiao punches in bunches. Garcia likes to punch with the punches. We all uh, we've definitely spoken about that. No look hook on more than one occasion. So, I mean, now we're getting into fantasy land of the two fights. I think Pacquiao versus Thurman is just much more interesting, has a good storyline, and they have a pretty decent card built out as well. The card is decent. All right. But no, you're right. I, I, like I said, I'm, I'm down for the card, but nah. Pacquiao can kick rocks sideways. All right. Look, this weekend, <laughs> we got some good fights, though. We legit got some interesting fights this weekend. Hey, well, are, we, are, we, are we getting to this past weekend? We talking about uh, Tyson Fury? Yeah. Um. Sure. Let's talk about it. What'd you think? Oh, my. You know, watching the fight... I, like a lot of other people, was pretty enamored in what Tyson Fury looked like and what he was doing in there. It was in, it, it was impressive. I mean, he looked great. He did what he was supposed to do. However, however, <laughs> Tyson Fury legitimately fought a bucket of shit. Man, bro. He I, I, fought I am very bu- happy he you lo- said that. He, he looked great. He did what he was supposed to do in impressive fashion and continues to build the profile of that Deontay Wilder rematch. Yes. That's what he should be doing. And if they do make this rumored Miller fight happen in the fall, that's great. I'll be interested in that. Well, I'm not sure if you've heard of that at all, but there's rumors of uh, Tyson Fury and Jarrell Miller for that September 21st or October 5th dates that they mentioned. But all in all, Tyson Fury helped build the fight. He has a great story, what he's fighting for. He looked great, but he just fought a bucket of shit. But you can only d- beat who's in front of you. No one told him to fight a bucket of shit. Uh, he, I mean, well, yes, someone Deontay told Wilder. him. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yes, he, he dunked, did. Yes, he ducked Deontay did. Wilder, so that's why he yeah. fought a bucket of shit. Yes, he but did. I mean, he got a he got a hundred mil. He got a bag. There's only so much I, I can fault fault him for the that. The contract was for a hundred mil, so that's the duration of his contract. 
So I, I'm sure he got like 20 for this one because I think it's like a five fight deal. He got a fucking bag, more money than me. <laughs> for real. He 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 got a, he got a lot of money, and at a point where not a lot of people felt that Tyson Fury was worth that money, but he's continued to prove that he can sell a fight, and he is quickly. Well, I'm not gonna say quickly, but. Since he fought last, he's trying to close that gap. And I think he's doing a good job of closing the gap between him and Deontay Wilder as far as profile goes. You have ES- ESPN is powerful. Man, the the worldwide leader in sports for a reason. Um, that ESPN rub is legit. And when you have all of the content and everything talking, propping you up to be the best thing since sliced bread, the the, the country starts feeling that way as well. Um, in terms of the fight, yo. I'm with you. Also, the the money that Tyson Fury got, we didn't hear about big contracts like that for Terrence Crawford and Lomachenko. No, no, they 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 do not get paid like that. But here's the thing, also, heavyweights get paid more, and 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 and, and yeah, and and he honestly at this point in time is one A one B interchange. He also said something on uh the the. Costello and Bunt's podcast that I listened to, he said, hey, like Lomachenko doesn't speak English that well. Terrence Crawford is a bit of a quiet guy and I'm a walking circus. We it's, all know that. It, 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 and you know what? So, OK, like, so he got a point. <laughs> he got a point. He has a point, man. And here's the thing I'll say about this. Um, he looked he looked phenomenal. Right. He did. He 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 did what he was supposed to do. Um, they made it seem like Schwartz had an actual chance, but he didn't. He wasn't anywhere near the same level um, as Tyson Fury. Um, I think we both had it him getting him out of there by the sixth round and he ended up getting him out of there in the second round. He did what he was supposed to do. Um, he's great for the sport. He really is. He brings attention to the game. He he wears loud suits. He dances. He sings. He does everything. He uh, is I, don't, I don't know if I need the singing. I, no, but you know what though? People love That's it. Some, it it's People good. love it's it. It's very it's, UK. It is very UK. And I'm sure the British like adore that shit. So when I see that and again, he is legitimately the champion that the UK deserves the same way that Deontay Wilder is the champion that the US deserves. That it, it, I think it, it's perfect in that capacity. I think these guys are both great. They're, uh, you know, barring any ridiculous surprise, they will fight each other once again. Um, the fact that Tyson Fury has ducked Deontay Wilder hurt my heart, but whatever. Hopefully we'll end up getting that back and we'll see what ends up happening. Um, look, man, what, what else can I say about it? He, he looked good. Um, his hey, any, walkout, his walkout was fun. Yeah, his, his, walkout, his walkout was, was cool. Fun. Um, moments that your I like. Creed on. Yeah, de- definitely. Walk, walkout was good as far as uh, ring walks go. Um, I, I love the switch up. He came I did out too. That was the, cool. With, that was creative. With the black Harry Potter cloak and uh, angry, angry look in his face, <laughs> Harry and Potter. then just like he did flip. look like he was Voldemort out there, and then he just flipped the, flipped the switch and was like, you know, all cheers, all all America, introducing himself, yeah. uh, reintroducing himself. Uh, second round, early in the round, he was in a corner against Swartz, and at this point, Tyson Fury figured out Swartz mm-hmm. super quick. He knows what he's doing. He goes into a corner and the way he switched positions for a heavyweight is is just wild. Like oh, he, he switched positions super quickly and just like 
in no time, Swartz was in the corner. Yeah. Like it was it was quick. I he also yeah, great feet. No one doubts that. Yeah. One thing I love about fighters is when they can switch up the speed of their punches. And and obviously we've all seen, we're not going to even take this too much time to speak about the head movement sequence because we've all seen it a million times on social media. Obviously it looked amazing. But in the knockout sequence um, or, or the knockdown sequence before the knockout, um, he threw about a three or four punch combination and really put some weight on that last right on that last mm-hmm. right hand. But I love when a fighter can switch up the speed in their punches, I I don't think Tom Schwartz was expecting that last right, and he put some on it and put him down. Yeah, I thought I thought um so there were definitely some moments. Tyson Fury definitely um, deserves all all of the credit, but I mean he did what he was supposed to do. Not much, not too much to say there. But yeah. in the moment, I was just like, wow, like for a heavyweight. I was like, he, 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 he looks damn good. Yeah, he looked damn good, man. All right. Um, good for Tyson Fury. Uh, y- you pussed out and, and tried to dodge Deontay Wilder. Uh, all right. Uh, on to the next one, man. Uh, this weekend. This weekend, we have a, a pair of... One, one. I'd say one good fight and and another really big name. Is that is that fair? That's fair. Uh, you know what i say? So um, we have, um, honestly, again, the, on Showtime, the fight that I'm really excited about because this guy is one of my favorite fighters in the game, hands down. And I'm talking about Jamal the Hitman Charlo. Um, I'm a fan of this dude, man. I've always been a fan of him. Um, 28-0, the number three ranked middleweight in the, that ESPN poll as well. He's fighting Brandon uh, Adams. Do you know anything about Brandon Adams? No, 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 no. All no, right, no. so check we're, this we're, out. No, wait, hold on. We're we're you're next week. No, Not no, but, this weekend. Okay, okay. Well, let me. I would love, let me finish about this real quick. Then that is next week. I fucked up. Jamel is this weekend. Jamel is this weekend. I was thinking about Jamal's fight. Yeah, Jamel is Jamel is fighting this weekend. He is fighting a tomato can. Jorge Cota. Replacement yeah. fighter for Tony Harrison, who pulled out due to injury. That's a rematch quote, we still still want to see. But like Sergio said, everyone wants to act super inspired by Ruiz. But all in all, this guy is a tomato can. A tomato can. Uh, Jamel is going to absolutely destroy Coda. Um, this is not Miguel Cotto, people. This dude is going to get blasted out of the way. Um, I don't know if you've seen Jamel recently. He looks amazing. Um, I was just watching some training footage of him this week. He looks strong. He looks fast. He was absolutely ready to finish Tony Harrison, um, which I believe he would have done. And um, again, we've talked about his coaching staff. We've talked about him. We talked about his team. Uh, I think Jamel is going to go out there and do absolute work. Yo, real quick, and I'll get into this more next week then. Well, one thing I will say about that, I think Jamel, I, I think he'll win this week. And I think sometimes he gets caught up trying to put on a knockout. And I'm hoping that he doesn't fall victim to that this weekend. Hope he just lets it come. One thing I was just looking at is... Man, you do not want me to talk about Brandon Adams. Is that fight on Sunday? I don't think so. I think it is on Sunday, that that Charlo fight. Hold on, because it's a PBC fight. And you know they did the Sunday fight with Caleb Plant. you, You might be right. Hold on. Uh, dude, Sunday, 8 p.m. You're right. Good. I need for. something to watch on Sunday. Um, yeah, he, he's going to beat the shit out of Coda. Um, I don't know if you've seen Coda. Jorge Coda is n- not on the same level. He's just not. It, it's, it, there's lo- there, are, there are levels to this game. P- 
people overlook Andy Ruiz and we make it seem like Andy Ruiz was was this anomaly and he's weird and this and this and that. Andy Ruiz was a dog that a lot of people just didn't pay attention to because he was fat. Aside from that, amateur background, look, we've talked about it on the show ad nauseum. We understand that. Um, I don't see this being a competitive fight in the least. I think that uh, Jamel gets him out of there within the first five. Damn, I was going to say 5-2. Not much to uh, disagree on there. Yeah, man. All right. Uh, the fight that I am interested in, though, and we talked about a good fight. We have the champion at a buck 30. We have Andrew Conceal. Um, you know what we're talking about. My man works a full-time gig out there doing his thing. Um, is fighting the former champion, Alberto Machado Boricua, who is um, coming off of his first loss to Conceal. Um, he In February 9th, uh, he ended up losing via body shot, man. Now, looking at this fight, at first, I was I was torn to an extent. Um, Machado is huge for the weight class. The reason he said that he lost his last fight and he ended up getting dropped via body shot was he said he had the hardest weight cut of his life. And when you think about that, and just because I I am I know a lot about it and I'm in the MMA world, if you have a really difficult weight cut, the way he lost and the way he went down is typical of someone who has had a bad weight cut. Getting dropped by a body shot in the capacity that he did and not being able to continue really and not really recovering is from a hard cut. He believes he has gotten that under control. Even though he does not believe he's going to stay at this weight class long. He says, the only reason I'm coming back down is so that I can get my revenge, get my belt back, and then I'm going to peace out. Um, before I get into the way I feel about it, man, um, you, we know this is a rematch. Concio looked, Andrew, he looked amazing his last time out. How do you think this fight goes? I'm, I'm really torn here. Um, this fight, this has shades of Anthony Joshua, Andy Ruiz. Um, the first fight, I think it ended maybe in four. Yeah. And guess what? Ruiz got dropped in the third first. Cancio got dropped in the first. It, it, it was a mismatch. We felt like the inevitable was coming. Uh, Machado was going to take him out of there. This guy has a nine to five. He has no business being in there with a um, a prospect like Machado, who I guess probably more than a, a prospect. He had a belt at that point. He's a champion. From that point on, Cancio took the fight to him. I can't say whether it was the weight cut or not. I really can't. Um, because I listened to an in- interview of Cancio. Cancio had seen M- Machado a while before this fight even got scheduled. And he told his trainer, I can beat that guy. He said, I, I-, I can beat that guy. And he went out there and beat him. Yeah. So he saw something before, we- before all these weight cut issues came into play. And he said, I can beat that guy. Now, every fighter says I can beat that guy. They do. So does it matter? It- it's hard to say, but it, with everything, Cancio deserves for me to pick him, but I find it hard to. So I'm going with with Machado. All right. So the I, I do and that, not. This fight is on Friday. Right. So I'm I'm gonna be honest with you. When I look at this, I to me at least, right, I don't see this 
I don't see this as an Andy Ruiz, Anthony Joshua type of um, type of thing. And the reason that I don't is because in the beginning of this fight, we forget there is a it, there was a huge skill discrepancy before the um, initial drop, you know, um, being dropped. I, I believe I believe it was the weight cut. I really do, man. I really do. When I look at it, I, th- I think it was the weight cut. And um, I'm not saying that Conceal is going to get walked through, but I see I see him getting stopped in this fight for a couple reasons. One, I have faith in Machado. I have faith in Machado. I do believe Anything it was the weight cut. Anything to do with him being Puerto Rican? Actually, no. I just think he's damn good. I think he's damn good. I think he's well-schooled. And if someone of that caliber says, look, man, I had a shitty weight cut, and even his team is like, man, that was a really bad one, I don't have any reason to not believe them. You know what I mean? Um, And the other thing is this. I was listening to Concio in a number of his interviews, and I'm going to be honest with you. First of all, you have the belt, now you're champion, and you've yet to even take a break on your job you're not taking this as seriously as you need to and not only is he not taking it as seriously as he needs to he continues hinting at the idea of yo this might be my last one win or lose when you have a foot out the door in combat sports you should just retire you have a champion a former champion who's hungry and wants revenge and you're sitting there flirting with the idea of not coming back fam it's not going to end well. I, I see eight rounds, eight, eighth round stoppage. Uh, Machado's going to knock him TKO. You're right. He didn't leave his job. That's wild. But I mean, he, he did it with with his job last time. I but mean, but that's leave. that. But that's a Rocky story. I man, I couldn't leave. I ain't had no money. Yeah. I couldn't leave it. This is all I got. Ugh. And now there's, no, so there's like, no more no more surprises. Exactly. And now, and, and now Machado's ready for him. Yeah, Machado's ready for him. Maybe he had a better weight cut, but maybe he didn't. Maybe he does, maybe he can't get down to 130 anymore, and the weight cut is too much for him. And Cancio has a repeat. Like there's no one said that says that storyline can't happen. Because as 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 we said, Cancio said way before he even got the fight that he could beat Machado. So if he comes in and beats Machado again, maybe he just sees something. Maybe he just has his number. That doesn't okay. take away That's from Machado. And not but at all. Machado has that skill. He, yeah. He's a tall tall fighter. And there's this, he's I, tall. He's I, powerful. I love, I love tall fighters with good hooks. Yes. And you I know what? Him. He's actually a tall fighter that actually fights tall. Yep. He, he, fight, he fights tall. I, I saw him, um, his last fight before that, I had seen him live. Yeah. He fought on the Danny, Danny Jacobs on, on the card. And, and looked he, damn good. First round knockout. He beats people's ass. And that's the thing. He, in the first round, the skill and everything was there. And all of a sudden, you saw his body give up in on the- him. In the first round. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. You saw his body give up on him. To me, that's not Concio. It was his body. And and that's when I look at it and I watch the fight again. I was like, you know what, yo? I'm I, I believe him when he says it's, you know, it was a weight cut. And you know what? I'm gonna keep it a thousand. You fucking right, it's because he's Puerto Rican. I'm probably looking this hard. It's whatever. I need a great Puerto Rican. And you know what? Let's keep it a, keep it a buck for real. Boxing is also better when there's great Puerto Rican fighters in boxing. Ain't no problem with that. 
Um, I mean, Hispanic fighters in general, they bring a, a, a solid following and they bring excitement to the ring and their fighting style for the most part. I, got, I ain't got a problem yeah. with you saying that. Puerto Ricans, the Puerto Rican style is a unique combination of like a Mexican dude and a black dude style. That's Puerto Rican style. Okay. I, I can get I can get gritty with you, but I'm also flashy and I'm fun. Yeah, definitely. Those are Puerto um, Rican fighters. And and, and speak, speaking of Puerto Rico, can I can I get a good segue? Can I get a good course, segue? Please do, brother. Speak, do your thing. Speaking of speaking of Puerto Talk Rico. Talk about my island. Yeah, we, we know that for generations, one of the best rivalries in boxing is Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico versus Mexico. And this week, we were privy to what seems like, at this point, an inevitable announcement. Uh, looking like August, maybe September. It's going to be August. August is the, uh, they haven't locked down a date, but they said it's definitely going to be in August. Danny Garcia, Puerto Rico, versus Mike Garcia. Mexico. I'm excited. It's not a fight that, and I think we've touched base on this, not a fight that I would have taken if I was Mikey Garcia. But I have to commend him for it. He's He constantly wants a challenge. And even though he got blown out by Errol Spence, he's back at the same weight. He's fighting one of the, one of the top guys. Danny Garcia, not too long off of a loss to Sean Porter. He, 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 he's Very fighting close his way. fight. It could have gone either yeah. way. He's fighting his way back after his knockout win a few months back. This is a good fight. This is a good this, fight. This Puerto Rico versus versus Mexico is perfect here. They both have big big followings. They both have pretty exciting styles. So I mean, I'm I'm excited. There's nothing bad about this fight except for the danger of Mikey Garcia taking a, a his a second loss back to back. Outside of that. Please, I cannot wait. That damn near the fight of the summer thus far. All right. So first and foremost, I have to commend you, sir. Beautiful segue. Uh, first and foremost, there. man, this is amazing. Um, this fight is great. I do you know this is also a rematch? I did not. They fought once before in the amateurs. They fought for a, they fought in nationals, and Mikey Garcia squeezed out a uh, split decision win in nationals, and that was when they were amateurs. Um, now, amateur boxing and professional boxing is a totally different style. They both have grown, they've both developed, and they both have unique um, unique skill sets. I would absolutely say that if we look at Mikey Garcia, he probably is the quote-unquote more technical of the two. But Danny is is someone whom we I can absolutely say has more power. It, it, would you agree with that or no? We haven't seen power from Mikey Garcia, especially enough not that at, weight at, class. At, yeah, at one forty-seven to say that he has more power than Danny Garcia, and for a little bit. We hadn't seen that same power from Danny Garcia either. But it seems like to, since he has moved up to 147. It, it seems like, though, Danny is now comfortable with that weight class. And he's been his last two fights. He's been laying thunder on people. Yeah, I mean, Granados was known as, you know, nice little tough guy. 
Um, he's been through some some wars, taking some shots. Man. Garcia, I mean, you could see the difference in class in the ring. The, when he it, landed that hook in the second round, the fight the fight was over then, and it was just an ass whooping for what five more rounds? Man, I mean, think about his. He has two big knockouts back to back against two guys who are are known to be durable. Who no? Who who? What two knockouts? He got he that his the fight before that was um in that fight well, before the, that was Sean Porter. I think you're right, but he, the knockout that he had here. Let me pull it up. Um, well, here's the thing. Regardless, uh, you, you, you talking about Brandon Rios? I saw my Brandon Rios beat the yeah. knock the dust off of Brandon Rios. Brandon Rios lost to Humberto Soto. Yeah. It, well, here's so okay. So he has out of his last. His last six fights, he has four knockouts. But who are those four knockouts against? Granados, Rios, Vargas, Robert Guerrero. What? What Vargas? Samuel Vargas. None of those wins are really that impressive. See, Robert Guerrero is a tough dude. Again, we're talking about. I'm, I, I I didn't say. I'm saying I said durable guys who are not known to get touched up like that, and he blasted them out of the water. That that says something. Robert Gar, Gar, Robert Guerrero got knocked out his next fight as well. I mean, but here's the thing: Why would he get touched? You know what I'm saying? Like after you've been blasted, it's easier to get blasted once again. So okay, so here's the thing: Regardless on that, this is what I'm saying. And, and, but I, th- I, I think it matters because Danny Garcia has taken some losses at the top level. Now he's he's won a couple fights. But here's the thing, at, though: at, We 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 have both said though those are both fights. Yes, he has two losses at the at the top level. I thought he beat Keith Thurman. I thought that was a fight he won. And again, Sean Porter's a fight that could have gone either way. So it's not like he's getting outclassed by the guys at the top. Absolutely. I, I think that's true. And I, I think the more time that he's spent, spent at this weight, that, you know, he's going to settle in a little bit more. Exactly. And that power is going to settle in a little bit more. I'm not saying that you're wrong. I'm just saying let's not make him seem like he's a world eater. I, I'm saying that he's one of the best in the world. That's what I am saying. I, I believe Danny Garcia at 147 pounds is one of the best 147 pounders in the world. I think you have. Well, when I, you I say think, the best, top what? Top five? Yeah, top four. I'm at top four. He's probably um, four, but he's top four. You got Spence. You got um, Crawford. Who who else would we? What would you put in there? I mean, I, okay, sure. You got, you got Spence Crawford. You got Porter. You got Porter, Thurman. Thurman. And, and I, I, Manny Pacquiao is not in my top five, fam. I I am not putting Manny Pacquiao there. You you cannot put Danny Garcia in your top five because both of the guys behind Spence and Crawford have no, beat him. He's he's then I can he's my five. You said top four. Uh, well, well, now I'm realizing who the hell is in there. I'm thinking. I had to think about it. <laughs> Don't try All to be right. slick. Uh, I, I, I'm just going by your rules. Shit. Is I'm as, going by your rules. But and, again, and I, and I put Pacquiao ahead of him. I I can't. I I, I he he knocks Pacquiao's face off. Maybe. Yeah, I, I don't need. I, I don't need Pacquiao's he, more proven. Dude, twenty years ago. Oh, I'm not getting back on Pacquiao, bro. I'm not talking about Pacquiao no more. He's what, trash. Some, I'm, I'm Adrian done. Bronner. Adrian Bronner. Dude, I'm not beat. talking. I, I'm not talking about Pacquiao. Adrian Broner beat uh, Adrian Granados. Oh, and fantastic. I'm not Pacquiao about smoked Pacquiao. Adrian Broner just like I'm not Danny Garcia smoked Granados. I'm not talking about Pacquiao. I'm, I, I, I wasted time talking about him earlier. I don't feel like talking about him again. 
Danny Garcia is number six. He's five. He's a dude, whatever. So after he beats the shit out of the, the after he's going to beat Mikey's ass, I'm calling it now. Mikey Garcia is not at his best at 147 pounds. Mikey needs to stay at 140 pounds. I, tr- I truly don't believe Mikey can take the punishment at that not the punishment i think the guy the size at that weight class is just too much i think it's gonna be a good fight though i think it's gonna be a really really good fight and i actually cannot wait to watch it i think for a lot of the fight mikey garcia will dominate and i think he is um, knocked out in the eighth and i think danny garcia is going to hurt him multiple times it's just going to depend on if he can get him out of there or not. But I think outside of the big shots that I do believe Garcia, Danny will land. I'm saying Garcia is going to fuck everybody up. Man. But um, the big shots that I think Danny Garcia will land. I hope you're enjoying my conversation with Brandon Camille this week on episode 125 of the Fight Podcast. Remember, the Fight Podcast is brought to you each week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meals and fitness mentoring. Don't forget to sign up for Sage Eats at sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 15% off of your first three months. And remember, if you are not in Chicago, that is okay. Fitness mentoring that Sage Eats has is there for you no matter where you are. Coaches write out full programs for you no matter what your goals are. They hit you up each and every week and work with you regardless on what part of the country or world you are. Sign up for Sage Eats Fitness Mentoring at sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 15% off of your first three months. Also, don't forget to follow The Fight Podcast on all social media platforms at The Fight Podcast and follow me at Serge Vicente. Check us out also on Twitter at The Serge Vicente. All right. Without further ado, let's go ahead and jump back into the remainder of my conversation with Brandon Camille. All right, we back. Sorry about that. If we go over a certain time, I, I wasn't sure we we're gonna we we're gonna be able to keep that uh that last hour that we had. But actually, I went back, looked at it. We are all to the good. I was able to save it, so boom, we're good. Man, solid, solid. Oh, bro, I was nervous. I was nervous, man. Um. Okay, uh, just finishing up with that one, man. All in all, Danny Garcia, man, Mikey Garcia. It should be an incredible fight, man. Danny Garcia is 35 and 2, 21 KOs. Mikey is 39 and 1 with 30 KOs, man. Um, again, this is a rematch. I like this fight. I think it's going to be one of the best fights of the year. Um, and it truly can go either way. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, man, absolutely. But all right, man. Th- um, this fight. So we're going to finish up with a little bit of fun today. There there have been a couple of big fights coming up, one that has happened and one that is coming up this weekend. And I, and I want to get your thoughts. What is a better fight this week? What is going to be the best fight, B? Is it going to be in bare knuckle boxing, Paul Malnagy? Is that this weekend? That's this weekend Damn. against Artem Lobov. How are you watching that? How do you watch that? It's it, dude. They're actually charging people. It's on pay per view. Ridiculous. I'm not. I mean, I'm gonna illegally stream the hell out of that. Um, yeah. All right. So that's that's the first fight. Or Paulie got his money up front. <laughs> you know he did. Or 
What is a better fight, Polly and Artem or ESPN versus LeVar Ball? <laughs> I, what I haven't followed this entire fight? situation. I heard they kicked him off. Like, they, they're not having him back. But, like, I didn't hear what he said to start all right, up so all this to, controversy. So, so I'm going to be honest with you. Okay, so this is what he said. Molly uh, Quim or Quirum, whatever, um, the, the host of First Take, goes out there and says yo all right let's go ahead and change gears to lavar ball and lavar ball looks at her and says hey i'll change gears with you anytime just like that right um the the world goes nuts lavar ball's a dirty dude he shouldn't have done that now espn is saying we won't put him on any of our platforms right i, I i'm gonna lead this by saying this i am not a lavar ball fan I think he's a clown. I, I think he is making it difficult, more difficult for his sons than he's helping them. He is the the epitome of a, you know, that little league dad, and he just never went away. That that's he's that guy. I actually got LeVar Ball's back on this one. Um, after looking at it, if you actually watched it, I was actually watching first take when it happened. Um, it wasn't that big of a deal. It was just one of those things. It was, if if you went out there and said, yo, you know, like, again, it was just a segue. Yo, let, let's do such and such. And he was like, yo, are you willing to do such and such? He's like, yeah, I'm willing to do such and such, whatever. Let's go. It was literally one of those comments. And the world, this PC culture is going nuts, and they're trying to get LeVar out of here. I'm okay with LeVar getting out of here, but not because of this. This is trash. People need to leave it alone. So at the end of the day, what's going to be the best fight of the weekend? Because let's keep it a thousand percent. ESPN is knocking out LeVar Ball. <laughs> there, that is no fight. Um, yo, that uh, Paulie Malignaggi uh, fight with Artem. It should be interesting just because of the storyline, but Paulie should 100% put the hammers to Artem Lobov. I, I, I mean, this is bare knuckle boxing, not bare knuckle MMA. He should beat the shit out of Artem Lobov. You know, that reminds me of something else that was dropped this week. Um, the LeVar Ball thing, I mean, I haven't seen the clip yet. I'm not going to comment comment on it. That's a super controversial topic in 2019 anyway. I probably shouldn't go the wrong direction there, so I'll leave that alone. Uh, Paulie should beat the shit out of Lobov. Um, we also got a glimpse this week on, on the disparity between boxers and MMA fighters. Now, I absolutely hate this whole people leaking sparring sessions. I think that shit is classless. Um, maybe you want pictures, cool, but like leaking videos of sparring, like that's supposed to be a productive work environment for the both of you. Maybe if you have the consent of both fighters, but I'm just not for it. Um, and I'm not gonna say you can call me old school. I just think it's it's a respect what, what, thing. Did an MMA fighter do that? I know Roley did it, but did an MMA fighter do that? Roley, no, but Roley had knocked out uh, Diaz, Nick Diaz, speaking about the disparity between boxers and MMA fighters uh, regarding that Paulie fight. Uh, and Roley knocked him out with headgear on. No, oh, hey man, shit happens. Hell yeah. 
I'm not I, 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 didn't, I, didn't, I didn't realize that was Nick. I sent it to you. I know you sent it to me. I didn't realize it was Nick actually. Um I mean, but let, again, that that I I do think now, especially when you were saying that, I'm like, oh, I didn't. I was like, whatever, you know, it, it shit happens. But now that I know it was an MMA fighter and he's trying to like be whatever, he he also knocked out a fighter who hasn't competed in five years. Let let's keep that out there. You know what I'm saying? Like this isn't somebody like he just beat beat up. You know who has been active. Um, yeah, that that's that is kind of trash. I don't like people doing that either. Yeah. Um but I mean, Paulie should put them hands on him. Uh should be an easy little knockout unless he wants to string it along for the crowd. Um and yeah, that should be that. That should be a a nice exciting YouTube highlight. Get Paulie some uh, Paulie some followers. I don't think he has a chance of baiting McGregor in, but um it'll be some um it'll be fun to watch, but beware. If you haven't seen um, bare knuckle fighting before that shit is barbaric like as Serge and I have spoken about it on the show before that shit is just a, 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 even for me a, a, a boxing combat sports junkie um, it was just a bit it, like it's not it's not Diaz it's neither were the Diaz brothers I'm, uh, I'm going through a thing it's not a Diaz okay yeah and, and honestly I was looking at that right now that's why I had to go back and double check but he don't even he's not even built like Nick Nick or Nate he don't move like Nick or Nate Nick or Nate but like this and that's another thing I have to say about this Nick and Nate Diaz are first of all they're far bigger than Roley is these guys are two guys Roley is what five eight tops Nick and Nate walk around at like six one six two. Those are big guys, and not only that, um, they were sparring partners of you know of Andre Ward when Andre Ward was fighting Kovalev he had Nick and Nate in there if he wasn't if he wasn't dropping them Roley ain't dropping them so yeah nah but still I think that's trash I mean Roley's a boxer it it doesn't matter I mean Nick and Nate Diaz are dude they don't kickbox they're boxers and the fact that you have somebody like like uh Andre Ward Andre Ward has he they have Andre Ward's cosign in terms of you know boxing they're like nah this dude is they, these guys can actually box and Andre Ward has said it multiple times if they wanted to go and actually box professionally they could 100% do so so yeah I just looked at it again it's not them okay okay well then that's fine that takes away from my point but it doesn't take away from my point Paulie should smoke Lobov yeah that's that so and that to, to me to me real trying to man this, that's why i'm glad i had to look it up these boxing fans trying to be blasphemous talking about how your guys can kick our guys ass well i sent you that today you didn't say you didn't say otherwise I was because like, hey, i didn't think it was him you didn't say that you I, I, I dude, you, didn't, you didn't even say it was him either in your message I you sent it over. I think, I think so. I think they changed the caption from when I originally sent it. When they realized it wasn't him, the caption had originally said that it was Nick Diaz. Oh yeah, when you when I when I opened it, it said he just knocks out a sparring partner, and I looked at it, I was like, yeah, that's fucked up. He knocked out a sparring partner. Yeah, I mean he's steady dog. Yeah, I say that's what it, that's what he does. See, he knocks people out. I mean he don't not just knock out sparring partners. He knocks everybody out. Yeah, but he's like, I think he has quite a reputation for just going ham in the gym, like unnecessarily. That that's that that Mayweather boxing club. That's how they are. That's how they get down. That's what they teach their people to do. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, I think Mayweather got in trouble for that because <laughs> they they had exposed and, and, and a bit stopped, too much of it. And he stopped doing that 
when he had Errol Spence in there? Well, I think they um they had exposed too much of it on one of the all access specials. And people got and, mad at him. Yeah, because they was beating the shit out of people. Like people want to stop. They're like, nah, nigga, like you gotta keep on going. Like they were they was, they was awesome. being some like, niggas. Uh, uh, yeah, they was being yeah, some niggas. That's but exactly like, was. Let's, let's, say, being, let's keep it let's keep it a buck. That's that's why were, people were mad at it. They were they were being some niggas and America saw that was like Oh my god! But I mean, what do you think an environment is like as in a fucking boxing gym? Dude, like, they, I, I didn't have an issue with it, and I'm gonna be honest with you, I don't have an issue with this. Um, look, if we're talking about, so here's here's my thing: Pauli Malignaggi needs to be careful in this fight. You get knocked out and you get hurt by the punches that you do not see. Artem throws punches from weird angles. You can also win the bare knuckle boxing. You can clinch. You utilize dirty boxing. Um, I again, I this should not be competitive, but th- th- that's sort of thing. The biggest concern I have is that throughout Paulie Malignaggi's career, he has had brittle hands, and he has broken his hands multiple times. And now you're going to go out here and do a bare knuckle boxing match. If he breaks his hand in the first round, he can end up losing. Um, that That is the only concern I have is the, how his hands hold up in a bare-knuckle boxing. Yeah. Um, that would be the only only, only concern. I don't. I, I watched his, Loba's first fight. I don't see him having anything. And, Paul. And, I mean, Paul is a boxer. An, you should get him out of there. Yeah, and here's another thing I have to say in terms of we, we do talk about levels to the game, right? There There's definitely, like, in striking and stuff, Artem Lobov is a 15-15 and 15 fighter in MMA. Fam, this is not a high-quality MMA fighter. You know what I'm saying? Um, a high-quality MMA fighter still loses to a prime and ready Pauli Malignaggi. But a, a a a good one can still drop him, as we saw with Conor McGregor. And you know I'm not a Conor fan. You know what I'm saying? So um, I I just, I'm just not here for the MMA blasphemy. <laughs> you know. And in the same token, you know what, yo, like uh, MMA fighters keep on saying shit like, "Oh, boxes, you come over here and blah blah blah." Yeah, man, you you should scuff, dude. It's two different sports. Absolutely. one guy goes to one side to another they they both get scrapped now i will say this paulie has been very aggressive towards mma fans calls them dumb he's been calling them you know idiotic they don't know shit they're whatever um i i get selling tickets and i hope that he's doing this to stir up some drama um i truly hope he doesn't feel that way because that thought process by boxers and boxing is why MMA truly has been surpassing it is because MMA fighters and the MMA community tends to enjoy boxing boxing seems like they're like afraid that MMA is going to take their place so they have to shit on MMA at every turn every time you hear MMA media they love all the boxing matches boxing media doesn't do the same in return and and i hate to hear paulie disrespect a sport like that when we're all it's apples and oranges we're all in it we're all combat sports show love it's just different i think paulie had a bad experience with mcgregor 
and I also think Paulie gets sick. Um, and, and around the time where the whole McGregor thing happens, everybody wants to make these dream matchups. And I think when he says MMA fans are idiots, I think he's speaking more towards the fact about them thinking that they can come over and beat boxers. I don't think that he thinks MMA fans are just idiots. I don't think that he has any uh, bad blood for the sport. But I may I may have missed some of these comments. I haven't been following this as closely as, uh, as, as you he, have. He's been saying some really, really out-of-pocket shit recently. And look, man, I get it. He he he. You, you hit it on the head. He got beef with McGregor and shit like that. But, yo, you know it. I, I do not like McGregor. I feel I feel him. Everything he says about that dude, you're right. Dude is a worm. Yes, 100%. But, yo, don't don't trash the sport, fam. Like, don't do that. I mean, it. it I, I get where you're coming from. Don't trash the sport. Like, MMA, like, nothing. They can both coexist with yeah. no issues at all. I don't agree with you saying that boxing is scared of, of MMA. I don't agree with that at all. Then However, why are they? Then why do they all come at it like that? What that 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 that's a tactic of fear. Who is, who is they all, dude? I everybody from the promoters, all the major promoters of shit on MMA. Well, well, the past, I'm give me about, give me Bob names a- and quotes. Bob Arum. Is well, what's the quote? It, it, like I have it sitting on me right now. I mean that, that's like, what come on. If, like if you're so gonna say again, that, dude, I need better I, evidence. I say a lot of shit on here that I you know I've researched and I say I'm not just talk, I'm not pulling facts out my ass. I, I, I agree with you. I just want to so, hear what you said because okay. I haven't noticed so the trend if, of boxing trashing MMA. I haven't well, noticed. You know why you have you haven't noticed it because you're not into MMA. And every time somebody from boxing a big name says it, it gets into the media MMA media. So for the last ten years, I've heard boxers shit on MMA. You haven't paid attention because you're not in round, and you haven't in in your ears into the ground in that capacity. Maybe maybe that's true. I'd like Not to see maybe, a, little bit, a, a little bit more of it, especially in this day and age. Bob um, and just I, said, some and shit. I can admit I've heard Mayweather say like, "Why would I ever fight fight in a cage? I'm not a dog." Like I've I remember him saying that that must have been seven five or seven years ago. Like it was a while back. Um, more rec- more recently, I haven't seen any of that. But like I said. Put me on game. I'd, I'd like to see. I'm not here for the you know MMA trash talk. I'm not here for the boxing trash talk. I enjoy both sports. I think they can both live in the same world, and that's just what it is. Oh, absolutely, and that's the thing. I, 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 I that's my only issue. I just hate the fact that, like I told you, I had this conversation with Ak Akres from Ak and Brock, and. I mean, it really was one of those things that he was like, oh, I'm just being reactive. I feel like they coming at our heads. And for me, that's ridiculous. Like, I love boxing. I love boxing. I think boxing is incredible. The majority of MMA fans started as boxing fans. Because, I mean, remember, this shit started in 93, where it was, like, actually televised. Before then, it was just Valley Tudo, you know, and, and no holds barred and shit like that. So, it is a newer sport. Um, I, I just can't stand that narrative, and I hate hearing it over and over and over again from that the boxing community. It drives me up a, up a fucking wall. Because I just know how MMA and the MMA community feels about boxing, and they love it. Like like I said, I, I I gotta sit around and hear more of it. I haven't heard heard enough of it, and uh, I'm here for both sides. That's just me. Absolutely, man. Um, yo, anything else uh, that you want to talk about in in uh, this past weekend? 
Um, Guillermo Rigondeaux is fighting this weekend. Um, something I think he's on the undercard of Jamal Charlo. Something that maybe some people have interest in. But uh, nah, that's it for me. Once again, happy belated Juneteenth. Juneteenth. I uh, went, went to a real, real dope uh, Juneteenth picnic last weekend. It was the blackest shit I've ever seen in Boston. I was like, <laughs> dog. I, I walked in that park and I was like, I just felt like I left. I, I walked from Boston to Atlanta. Just in, as soon as I got in that park, I was like, this is some black ass shit. That's of up. course, a Juneteenth black, uh, picnic is going to be black as fuck. But like when you lived in Boston for the past two and a half years. Right. That was shocking. I was like, oh, this this is different. I'm I'm here for this. That's what's up, man. No, nah, that day hey, I, I didn't have the opportunity to go out there and do that, man. But all in all, man, that that's super dope. Yo, happy Juneteenth to everyone. Um Hey man, this has been another good one. Oh, really quick. Um, on this week's show, um, I have uh, in our next episode, we have another amazing um, episode, a bunch of amazing uh, uh, guests. I have MMA UFC legend Matt Brown. Matt the Immortal Brown will be on the show. Uh, check that out. We had a great interview. I had Juan Adams. Juan the Kraken Adams uh, has joined us once again on the show. He is about to fight Greg Hardy. Greg Hardy, former Carolina Panther, former and probably current woman beater. He is fighting in the MMA for some strange reason. The UFC signed him for another strange reason. But now he's fighting Juan Adams. And Juan Adams said he's going to kick his ass. So I cannot wait to hear that one. Uh, Who else do we have on the show? Uh, And then we had uh, the owner of the company Alphabolics on there as well. So uh, we had a great conversation about some of their, their company, their supplements, and the fighters that they are currently sponsoring. So we had a really, really good show uh, coming up for you guys yeah man like i said sergio's out here grinding he's gonna keep putting y'all, putting his foot in your neck with his content <laughs> and uh, we're gonna keep rolling we will be back here next week yes sir yes sir brandon man is always my brother i appreciate it man be good absolutely bro you have a good one man Boom, there it is. Another awesome episode with Brandon Camille. This is the Fight Podcast. You are listening to episode 125, man. Look, I hope you guys are enjoying all the content that we've had. If you haven't checked it out already, remember, episode 124 is up already. We had an amazing interview with Matt the Immortal Brown. We also had Juan the Kraken Adams on that episode. So go ahead and check that out. Uh, episode 122, we had Din Thomas, Raytheon Stotts, Kelvin Tiller, and Mo Muscle out there, man. So Mo Dereese, he's out there, and we're working on a lot more amazing interviews for you guys in the future. Do not forget to go out there and let everyone know the Fight Podcast is on all uh, podcasting platforms. We're at the Fight Podcast, hosted by Serge Vicente. Hey, with that being said, this is episode 125. You are listening to the Fight Podcast. I am Serge Vicente, and each week we are sponsored by Sage Eats. Follow Sage Eats at www.sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 15% off of your first three months. Check us out on all social media platforms at The Fight Podcast. Follow me at Serge Vicente. Follow my boy Brandon Camille at BCAM13 on IG and BCAM Thinks on Twitter. 
Thank you as always for listening to the Fight Podcast. I love you guys. We'll be back here very soon. But this is episode 125. I'm your host, Big Surge. Take care. Fight.